So, we are gathered here this morning to proclaim that Jesus is Savior, yes. that He is King, and that He is Lord. Yes. That's what we are here for. As a body, as a ministry, that's what we stand for, that's what we proclaim. Yes. There is no other way, just Him. Right. The world offers many different ways, but there is none but one. Amen. And His name is Jesus. I am blessed and honored to be here. This is not a place I seek to be, but I don't take lightly having this opportunity. Pastor, I thank you for trusting God and for trusting me to come here. Pastors have a great responsibility before God concerning a congregation who they allow to speak before the church because there's many things out there that don't align with God's word. And so that's a great responsibility you have, and I, I don't take it lightly. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. The, first, the second song that the worship team play is, is a song that's, that resonates with me a lot. It begins by saying that I saw the world, and it couldn't fill me. All I found there was men's empty prayers and treasures that fade. But then he came, and he put me back together. I was a lost and broken men living in the midst of darkness, going by the ways of the world, rebellion, pride, thinking I was doing life on my own accord, blinded to the fact that I was following the steps of Satan, his calling for my life then. But in the midst of that darkness, I saw a stretched out hand that said to me, take my hand and let me pull you out of that darkness. That was 12 years ago approximately, and since I've been abiding in a marvelous, marvelous life of Jesus Christ. There is no better place to be. There is no other place to be. I Pastor Lee say, what better place to be on a Sunday morning than here with you guys worshiping God, not trying to recover from a hangover from the night before. No better place. I testify to that. I testified to that. <laughs> so, so I want to begin with the gifts of God. Many are the things that God gives to us individually. But let's talk about this ones in particular, okay? God has given us forgiveness and salvation, which is equivalent to eternal life. Okay? And he has given us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit through whom we obtain true love. True love. It's a real love, genuine love. It's a love that loves even when you are not being loved. Not the love of the world. We also find real peace. Peace the way Jesus said we will have. Not the peace of the world. Peace of the world is determined by how we have it at the moment. But when things get out of hand, peace is gone. We don't have that kind of peace. We have that kind of peace. We have supernatural peace. And then we have been gifted through the Holy Spirit an inexplicable joy. This joy takes place when we have a broken heart or a death in the family or we lost our job or we don't have enough for the moment. We still can have joy. The Bible says that the joy, that the the joy, our strength is the joy. The, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm sorry, forgive me, Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is not, once again, it can be measured by what we have at the moment, by our circumstances. It is internal. It is something that comes from heaven. And it cannot be taken from you because of the things that are taking place around you at that moment. If you don't have the peace of God, hear me. You have surrendered it. It cannot be taken from you. It's supernatural. It is yours to have. If you don't have it, you have given it up. Okay? I want you to know that. So this morning, I want to talk to you guys about sharing Jesus with others and why it's so important that we do so. Understanding that we have been given these great gifts, things that we cannot obtain on our own. There's nothing we can do to have this, any of this. This is a gift it comes from heaven. God has given it to us freely. You can earn it. You cannot work hard enough for it. You can pay for it with all the money in the world. It's a gift. And it's a great gift to have. 
understanding that we have a responsibility to share with people, okay? I am going to be talking to you about evangelizing. I believe, I believe, they, they have five four ministry the Bible speaks of, evangelism being one of them, but I think that evangelism, we, we have kind of wrote ourselves out of it. We make it such a high office that we begin not to partake on that opportunity. And it's such a great opportunity for others to glorify God, benefit those that we're speaking into, and we, we receive from that as well. Okay, I'm going to be sharing testimonies of, of things along the message that have happened to me, and I'm telling you that I found myself in dry spells in, you know, through, through a year's time where I feel that I'm not connected, that I'm, I'm not overcoming, and it always goes back to the same thing. I haven't been testifying for God. The moment I begin to testify, I begin to overcome. I begin to find a joy that keeps pushing me. Right? So when we think of evangelizing and we start thinking of, well, you got to have a higher calling and you got to go elsewhere and I'm not qualified for that because I have a family and I have a job. And so you write yourself off of this great opportunity to be, to be part of something great in God's kingdom, to labor for God's kingdom. Okay? Gratitude. This morning I was thinking about gratitude, which it should be the reason why we are compelled to share Christ. Having received this gift, we should be very grateful. So I went to the dictionary, to Webster's, to find the definition for gratitude. And like everything else in the world, it was attached to a feeling. It says, the state of being grateful, the feeling, the feeling. Because that's how the world works. It's all about how I feel, especially today. If I feel good, I do good. If I don't feel good, I'm not doing any good. Right? It's all about feeling. But I went a little deeper, and I tried to find an, um, a biblical definition of gratitude. I found this out of countryliving.com. It refers to the quality of being thankful and readiness to show appreciation and to return kindness. Through, life, through our life's trials and blessings, displaying a general attitude of gratitude distinguishes the Christian, but it also makes, it, makes you a lovely person to be around. It distinguishes us. Gratitude is not just a state or a feeling. It is not just a word. It is an action. If you are grateful, you must show it. Very often you hear people tell you how thankful they are, and then they, they don't show it. Employees do it all the time. They're grateful. They don't show it. Right? You hear it often, often in the world. Oh, thank you. I'm so grateful. But when the opportunity is there to show it, you don't see any gratitude. It's the way of the word, of the world. Cannot be so with us. If we are thankful for all of the things that God has done for us and all the things that he has given us and continue to give us, we must be grateful and show it. And what better way than to testify about him? As often as we can. We're going to be reading out of Psalms 105, 1 through 3. We're going to have a slide up there. So this is what Psalms says. The psalmist says in Psalms. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all of his wondrous works. Glory is his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. We are commanded, family, commanded to testify about God. If we are not testifying about God, we have disconnected ourselves from him. Right? We have to reconnect. And the best way to do it is to begin to speak about him. So, when we think of evangelizing, the first lie of the devil would be, you don't know the Bible good enough. I've heard it. Early on, I've heard it. You just don't know. You don't know enough scripture. When I began to read the Bible, I was in prison. I got saved prior to going to prison. Many of you guys have heard my testimony. I'm going to be sharing some of it for the benefit of those who haven't, so bear with me. I got saved prior to going to prison. And um, when I found myself facing time, 
in my last court appearance, Brother Kenny Weaver, he's present today with us. He was there, and he was so full of faith that day that he believed that God was letting me out of that courtroom with no time. But I'm telling you that I believed, in my heart, I believed that God wanted me to set the time that I was offered that day apart for him. At the time, prior to the court appearance, I was working 60 hours a week on a very difficult job. And I was coming home so tired, I was saved. I, I took that hand that was stretched out to me, and I'm telling you, I grabbed a hold of it, and I was not letting go. I was not letting go. But I, I didn't, reading the Bible was too difficult, too many hours at the job, coming home too tired. Even when I tried, I would fall asleep. I was so, so wore out. And so that, that day there, they had tried, they tried to give me life in prison, and through the power of, of God and His great mercy, they weren't able to do that. They were very upset with me because I wouldn't, I wouldn't testify. I wouldn't turn state evidence. I bowed before the Lord that I was responsible for my dealings and that I would not make somebody else pay. I wouldn't rat, as the word say. I wouldn't testify. So they were very angry. They tried to give me life in prison. That They couldn't do that. They offered me... I believe 10 years, and I wouldn't take that. And then ultimately they came with a five-year offer. And by then, Kenny was just, his faith is, was off the, off the charts. He's like, don't take it. You're walking out of here with nothing. <laughs> but, and I knew God was there. But I'm telling you, and it proved to be one of the wisest decisions I've made in my life. I knew that God wanted me to set that time apart for him. And so I took the time. And the moment I went in there, I opened that Bible. And I read. I just wanted to know Christ. So I began to read in the Old Testament. As a baby Christian, and not a very educated man, it was dense. It was very heavy. So I wasn't going to give up on reading Scripture. So what I said, I remember praying and saying, you know, Lord, I have been saved by Christ. So I'm going to read the New Testament. I want to know Him. I want to know Him. I want a relationship with Him. I will read the whole Bible, but I'm going to start with the New Testament. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I went back and I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then I went back and I read from Matthew to Revelation. And then I did it yet once again. From Matthew to Revelation. And then I began to read from the Old Testament. I knew the word of God by the time I was released. But one thing that I continually pray as I read was, Lord, I don't want to know your word to sound spiritually before people or intelligent I just want to know you. So when I read, I never stopped to see chapters and verses. I just read. I just wanted to digest. I wanted to take God's word, eat of God's word, and just, just let it sink in, just let it abide in me. So I, I can quote the Bible. I need Google to find out where it's at most of the time. And I've been working on that. I've been asking God to help me, but I'm being honest. But I, I do know God's word. It's in my heart. So... The reason why I share this with you, that with you is that as I began to understand the need to share with people, one of the first lies I heard was, you don't know the Bible good enough. You don't know where it's at. Right? And I rebuked that. I rebuked that early. I rebuked that early. You know, I didn't need to know the Bible to share what Christ had done for me. Right? And you would encounter people that want to argue with you about God. And men with an argument, can never defeat one with a testimony. You may argue with me if I tell you, if I tell you the Bible, you may tell me it's a lie. It's an outdated book. And you may begin, not you guys, but those that oppose the Bible, may begin to want to present to me their argument. How can it be true? I don't know. That's just a book, just like any other man wrote it. And it will go on and on and on. And I can, I can force them to believe, right, what I believe. But they can never cause me to challenge what I have experienced. Not that they're going to cause me to challenge what God has said. It's true and I know it to be so. But they can never challenge what I have experienced. So my testimony would always be stronger than their argument. And I've actually found out that people sometimes reject when I try to speak to them the gospel. But more often than not, they will hear my testimony. So I just utilize my testimony as a platform to give them as much as the gospel as I can. Because they, they are going to hear the gospel. You know, there are those that have committed their lives. My mom is here today to being in the streets, right? They may have the, the necessary time.
And that is a great, a great honor, yes. you know, that they do that. But, guys, we are not disqualified if we don't have that time. Right. We can do it on our jobs. Amen. And I, I am blessed. I am extremely blessed that my job takes me from house to house. It's difficult if I was in, a, in an office, and I've been in an office, and you give them a little, and they mock you. They don't want to hear it. It's right. difficult. You know, when, when you are in an enclosed environment right. daily with the same people, and at that point, the best testimony you have is your character. Right. Your character. And you have to guard that witness strongly. Um, I found myself in, in situations where a group of guys have been talking and thing, things of the past, a previous life, and I have engaged. And I'm telling you, I felt that conviction. Yeah. And I have walked away repentful, sorrowful, that I even engaged in that conversation. Even though I was speaking of a man of years past, I was still giving account to a, to a time where I glorified the devil with all I did. And so God will convict me on the spot. Yes. You know, and I will walk away. So even when you don't have the opportunity to preach, to speak, to share, because you're with them so often and you've done it and they reject it, then what we have left is our, is our character. We have to guard that. You know, I encourage you to guard that. Don't partake in the things they do. Um, it's a daily fight, I know. I, I fight it daily. But... When the opportunities don't present themselves, then we have to begin to ask God to make the opportunities for us. And that's, that's what we really begin to fall short. I believe we get saved. We feel the Holy Spirit. We understand that we are not who we were. And we want to tell others. You know, we want to live a better life, a different life, and we want to tell them. And I begin, I, I believe that eventually we begin to just grow discouraged. People don't want to hear it. We don't seek the opportunities as we did early on. And so we, at, a, at some point, we're really not testifying anymore. The error there is that we are not asking God to create opportunities for us. So when they just don't come, right, when they just don't come, we need to kneel before God and say, Lord, give me a divine appointment. Yeah. Give me a divine appointment. Yes. Okay? I wish to tell you that I do that every day, but that would be a bold lie, and I don't lie. You know, my, my work burdens me. The cares of life come against me, and then I find myself in a dry place. But when I recognize that, I go before the Lord, and I pray for divine appointments. Yes. And the moment, the moment that I'm testifying, I'm full of that joy again. Many years ago, I was struggling with something. And I was so discouraged with myself that I asked the Lord when I woke up in the morning, I'm not, am I going to die this way? I'm saved and I love you. And yet I struggle and can't overcome. Am I supposed to just die this way? See, you know what? I'm not even worthy to have your name in my mouth. Today, I, no way. I'm not even speaking your name. I'm not worthy. And I drove 45 minutes to Denham Spring beating myself up with a baseball bat. And I got there and I began to work. And this is the incredible, incredible mercy of God. Right. He knows how much I love to testify. Yeah. How much joy I get out of witnessing. Not that morning. That morning I was not going to speak his name. I refused. I was not worthy. And so I got to this lady's house. And I'm working, and she's, she won't leave me alone. She wants to talk and wants to hear. And that's really when I thrive because I want to talk. Not that morning. But, it, but she just kept dragging it out of me that I would testify about God. And so when it was all said and done, I was smiling. I was joyful. I was just giving account. And then I drove away realizing how merciful God was. He could have let me wallow in my pity, right? He could have done that. I had been falling short. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He gave me the desire of my heart. In the midst of all my, you know, my self-pity and devilish condemnation. But he brings us back to how much do you love the Lord? How much do you love the Lord? Because if you love the Lord, you want to talk about the Lord. You know, for you ladies, when... Hoping this still takes place, but early on your relationships with your spouses, if they gave you a piece of jewelry, 
You didn't just put it in a closet and left it there, right? You put it on, and you wanted to show it to people and tell people, husbands, the same thing, a watch, a garment, right? You, you, you love your spouse, and they gave you something, and you wanted the world to see, and you wanted to tell them it came from them, right? But worldly things, in time, they get dull. You know, they get dull, but not, not so with the gifts of God. You know, though that God is the gift that keeps on giving. He really is the proverbial energizer bunny in the sense of right. he just keeps on going. Right. He doesn't stop at all. It's continually, it's every day. Right. We can never have enough of God. Right. Never have enough of God. And I'm telling you, his mercies are new every day. Right. Um, we should be compelled, one, because of genuine gratitude, and two, because of our love for him. And if you are not there today, and begin to pray. This message that God has given me is mainly for those of you who have chosen Christ as Lord and Savior. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not beneficial to those of you who perhaps have not made him so. I will continue to share with some of the many things that God has done for me. And how much it has benefited me to choose Christ as Lord and Savior. I was living a life, okay? I was living a life in which I thought I was in control. It was so bad then that when I look back today, I try to even erase the best of those times. I can because they testify to what God has done in my life. So I can forget as much as I wish sometimes. God forgave us one time for the rest of our lives. But I'm telling you that there's times the devil comes with his fiery darts and reminds me of something I did, I partook in, and the first thing I say, the first thing I say is, Lord, please forgive me, I love you. I say it all the time. Now, I don't have to. I've been forgiven. That doesn't mean that I don't know that I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven, but I have to say it. I can't allow myself to forget those times because I use those to testify. When I'm sharing with people as I come and go in my daily life, when the opportunities are there, I told Pastor this morning as he was praying for me, one of the things that I most commonly hear when I'm telling them the wicked, sinful, rotten man that I was, they look at me and say, oh no, I cannot believe you were that man. <laughs> there is no way that I look at you now and I can picture you being that man. Right. And there I have a platform to yes. once more tell them, yes. That is the glory of God Amen. in men. Amen. I was that man. Worse than you can imagine. But what you see today, what you see today, is just an example of what God can make. In your life, in the life of your son and daughter, if you have someone struggling in your family, don't give up. My mama prayed for me without ceasing. I was talking to Chloe. I think it was Chloe, and if not, forgive me. But I was talking to someone recently. But my mama coming home to testify about me. You want to know the extent of my weakness? And it just came to mind. I remember my mama coming to me preaching Christ. She so desperately wanted me to be saved that I don't think she used wisdom at times. Because she just wanted to pound me with the gospel. <laughs> Not that it was wrong, but that was the truth. But you know, I remember my mom coming to my place one time to pound her gospel at me. And I got so aggravated, I came out with a plate with cocaine on it, and I snored in front of her. I'm like, keep that stuff to yourself. That's how wicked I was. To that extent, thank God for his mercy, yeah. right? Yeah. Is he good to let me die in that rebellion? I remember someone telling me I need a God. And I remember telling that person, hey, stop with your stuff. In my life, I am God. I am God. I don't have no need for your God. So I have a lot to be thankful for. A lot. And I love him a great deal. I love him a great deal because I was a very wicked man. And he gave me a whole lot. Amen. So there is no way that I can stop talking about him. Amen. I refuse. I don't care what the world does, Amen. what it costs me. It costs him everything yes. for me to stand here today free and saved. So I'm not going to stop. I can't tell you I do it every day. 
I can't tell you I do it every week. I go to my dry spells. But I bring myself to the praise where I will pray for divine appointments. I ask God to forgive me for allowing myself to, to walk into that dry place. And then I pray for divine appointments. And they never cease to come. Never cease to come. We are instructed to proclaim the good news of Jesus to those we encounter while we are here in this life. We have been commanded to do so. You can be an evangelist. You are called to be an evangelist. It's not this some far out of reach office. You were commanded to do so. Psalms tells us to do it. Jesus told us to do it. The apostles that follow in the New Testament church did it and told us to do it. Showed us how to do it. Why are we not doing it? Ask yourself, why am I not testifying about Christ and his works in my life? In this church, we have several men. Ray's testimony is very powerful. Lee, I can go on and on. Joshua, Travis, testimonies of men. We've been in a life. We lived a very wicked life. And so, Pastor mentioned last week, our testimony is so great. Our testimony is no different than yours. In what sense? In the sense that we experience things that you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, have not have to experience. Right. That is a powerful testimony. When I hear the testimony of a young man that is now a grown man that have come up in the church with every single temptation that I experienced right. that had the power to say no to women and drugs and fun and were in church every Sunday when they were 18 and 19 and 20 and are now in the 30s and 40s. That to me is a powerful testimony. Right. It is a very powerful testimony. Often you think that your testimony is not powerful because you compare it to our testimonies. Have women in the church as well, not, not, to, not to exclude anyone, that have lived the same kind of life. And so we, we see ourselves, you see yourselves, as having not a powerful testimony. Why do you think it's not powerful? You are a walking miracle. You are a walking miracle. You were a sinful, wicked person, even if you didn't do much wrong according to your own moral standards. You had a Lord in your life, and His name was Satan. Right. A Lord with a little earl. Yeah. Right? No matter how good you thought of yourself before you walked in a church or whatever you made your confession, and you gave your life to Christ, you were a wicked sinner. Right. But by His grace and mercy, you are saved today. You walk in His wonderful and marvelous life. You have eternal life. Testify about it. Yes. Let others hear. Yes. Because if, if we're always looking to change someone's life by giving a testimony of someone that has such a wicked life and now they are so much different, when they look at us, those that live a good moral life according to the word, you know the first thing they think? Oh, well, they need a God. I don't. Right. But it's your testimony that can compel them to understand they do need God. Because you were like them, perhaps. Right? First thing they think is, oh, I don't want to, you need a God. Well, look at what you're telling me, right. who you were. Of course you need a God. You were a mess. Right? right? <laughs> but then you come along and you were no different than them. And now your testimony is powerful. Right? right? That's good. Concerning divine appointments. One day I woke up, but this day I was excited. I had been testifying, but. I hadn't had opportunities. I remember that I woke up and I immediately went before the Lord to pray. And I said, Lord, give me a divine appointment today. I, have, I walk about seeking. You know, I'm time constricted in my job. I used to get paid by an hour. And if I spend more time than necessary testifying about God in someone's home, I would shave it off my time. When I clocked out on my phone, I would always shave the time I spent for God. I never made my job pay for it. So being time constricted, though, I have to be responsible to the job. So I have had a busy week and not really a lot of time. I mean, I was seeking the opportunities. But if they were not there, I'd carry on along. And so going about the week, I remember that I hadn't had many opportunities. There weren't really any. And I had gone a week where I hadn't given a real in-depth account. I went before the Lord that morning 
And I bow and I pray and I thank God. And I say, Lord, give me a divine appointment. I, I want to share. And I haven't had that opportunity. And I went about the day. I ran to and fro. I think I was on the Slidell area from New Orleans to Slidell. Man, and everywhere I got, I was looking, talking to people, just seeking nothing, nothing at all. At the end of the day, I walked in the mall. I was looking. Liam was very young. I was looking for, a, I believe, a pair of shoes for Liam or something for Liam. And I, I walked in the mall. There was a tornado in Slidell. I was in that mall over there, but um, Airport Road, I think it is. And I walked in there. The mall was just about closing. And I'm seeking the opportunities. And I'm not finding any. Not many people left in the mall. And there's a tornado coming through Lacombe. And they ushered the few remaining people into a room in the mall of dealers. And I thought, well, maybe I'm here, maybe now. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. No one open to speak. Everybody all panicky and whatnot. So I left, but I was parked in the opposite side of the mall. And I was walking through an empty mall. Not a store open, not a person there. I, I must have came before those that remained. And so... I remember walking toward the cafeteria, and I was going to veer left and go to my vehicle. And I thought, well, Lord, I'm getting in my truck and headed home. No opportunity today for sure. And I saw an open store. It was a, a sports place, he bet, I think it's called. And I went in it, and I had a young, young black man there, very young, 18. And by that point, I had kind of, well, no opportunities, and I kind of gave up as I walked in the place. Talked to him briefly, looked for something, and couldn't find it, and I turned around to walk away. And as I was walking away, that young man said to me, hey, be careful out there with the storm. And these are the words that came out of my mouth. I don't have to. My God is the Lord of the storm and the winds. And then I stopped, and I realized, here it is. And I turned back around, and I said, hey, can I talk to you? I began to witness to him. I don't, I don't often seek for people to pray, a prayer of salvation, unless I, I feel strong about it. We go out sowing seed. I don't ever want to be deceived in believing I led somebody to Christ through a prayer. My mom and I talk about this often. Every time we plant seed, we are leading people to Christ. The prayer of salvation is just the fruit of the seed. So when we're leading people to Christ, we're not just doing it through a prayer. Every day, every time that we share Christ, we are planting seed and we are leading people unto Him. So I don't want to be deceived into believing that I met this guy, I prayed with him, I walk away, not taking credit, the credit is to God, but believing I led him to Christ, he's saved, and then I encountered it sometime after, drunk in a corner somewhere, and I deceived myself. My job is to sow seed. If the opportunity is there, I will pray with them. I do want them to proclaim verbally. I explain that to them as I'm having, you know, witnessing. But I did pray with that, that, that young man, and he seemed to receive, and I actually came back a few days later to bring him a Bible because he said he didn't have one. I remember there was a time, and I came here before the church. I, I was before the Lord one morning, got to Mandeville, seeking, and they have a guy doing work, a Spanish guy. And I'm telling you, first thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, there was my divine appointment. It don't be just one. It doesn't have to be one now. Don't, don't just take the one and say, I did my job for the day. <laughs> Seek more, okay? Not just one. But you have to have a desire. That's good. See, it has to begin with a desire. The devil doesn't want us to speak about Christ. See, remember gratitude, according to the word, is a feeling. A feeling. And the truth is that we don't always feel so good. My body aches. I'm tired. You know, dealing with children, dealing with a spouse, or dealing with a job. You know, more often than not, we are not going to feel like it. That is the absolute truth. But we don't abide in feeling. We abide in the Spirit. And the Spirit will compel us if we ask Him to. See, we lack desire. And so we don't testify. We don't testify. Have you wondered why you struggle in so much 
at times you find that you can overcome. Everything is a problem. Everything is a problem. You want me to tell you why? That's a scripture that testifies to that. Revelations 12, 11. And they, they meaning us, overcame him by the blood of the lamb. That's what God did. Right? He did his part. They overcame the devil, right? We overcame the devil by his blood. And what else? By the word of our testimony. You want to overcome? Begin to testify. I promise you that you are testifying for Christ. You will begin to overcome. The problems that you face won't even matter much anymore. I can, I can bear witness to that. Okay? I am not some super Christian. I know pastor like to brag about me, but I don't think he knows me well enough because I am not some super Christian. I have many, many flaws, more than I can list. And I fall short. But I love God. I love God. I love God. You know, I begin my prayers by just telling him I love you, Lord. That's, that's my way. I am not so eloquent in prayer. I don't have to be. He doesn't care for all those, all those verbiages and words and all of that. You know, he doesn't want that. He wants sincerity. He knows our heart. I begin to talk so much, he, he's going to tune in deaf ear to all of that. He, he wants sincerity. And he wants us to love him. You know why? Because he loves us first. The Bible says we can now love because he has loved us. Are you not loving God enough? If you're not testifying for him, is that a sign perhaps that you are not loving him? And of your love for God cannot grow cold. It cannot grow cold. You have to love God. You have to love God. You know, he saved you, but he didn't just pull you out of here and took you to heaven. He left you here to deal with this life. But then he gave you his Holy Spirit so that you can navigate this life. Right? He's loving you every day. Every day, His mercies are new every day. When you need Him, you go to Him. Right? So I, I got to love Him. He's loving me every day. You know, we just have to love God. We have to. We have to begin to tell people about Him. You know, we should share the gospel. The gospel is life. My testimony is the testimony of what God has done in my personal life. And I'm going to share it. We have to give them the gospel because yeah. the gospel is life to them. Yeah. My testimony is life for me. Yeah. It bears, bears witness to what Christ did for me. So don't just, you know, don't just stop at your testimony. You know, share the gospel because the gospel is life. I speak English and Spanish. When I was learning English, I used to ask myself, how is this going to work? When I do speak English, am I going to have to think in Spanish and then go to English? It doesn't. When you are bilingual or you speak multi-languages, you just speak. You, you learn and it just happens. I can't explain it. It's the reason why I say that to you. I've never read, read, have written, read the Bible in Spanish, barely. At times I have picked some scriptures. If I translate something to you, if I translate these scriptures, I would do it in the language, in the Spanish that I speak, what is common to me. But the translations of the Bible to Spanish is like King James. It's like giving someone a new IV Bible, then reading that Bible for 10 years, and then you tell them, okay, find scripture here in New King James. They find themselves a little lost. So the same thing is when you go to the Spanish Bibles. I've never read the Gospels in Spanish so when I encountered Spanish people and I tried, I had to actually stop and do that process that I thought I would have to do when I was learning English. I actually did have to think the scriptures and how I was going to translate them so they could understand. But here's where God, here's where God takes over. I was at a couple. The lady was from Honduras, the man was from Guatemala, and I was working. And I come back to work on a Sunday to finish the job by myself. And I have been sharing bits and pieces with them. I was working in an attic. I wasn't in the house. But that Sunday I finished and I went because I knew God was leading me to testify to them. And I began to witness. I began to share scripture. And I began to wonder where is this coming from? Because I don't know. I don't know the, the word of God in Spanish. Like the scripture sounds like they're supposed to sound. If I would have translated them it would not have sounded like that, right? 
God has written His Word in our heart. If we have read it, it's not just going to flow from heaven. And He gave you the responsibility to get into the Word. Okay, you get into the Word and He say He, he writes, it in the writes it in the tablet of your heart. And then He brings it to remembrance. And He ultimately doesn't need, you know, translators. He just, it comes out. You know, I, I left that day marveling at what took place. I'm telling you, I, I couldn't believe what took place. And I left there full of joy. You know, God does it. We just got to want to. You know, vessels is what we are. Just be a vessel. Be a vessel. Forget about what it requires, whether you need to know the Bible from one end to the other. Just go out to do your part. God has commanded you to. If you don't want to, you're not going to do it. If you, if you don't feel like it and you don't want to, it's going to be a burden. Sharing God's word, giving testimony of what he has done in your life should never and is not ever supposed to be a burden. It's supposed to be a great reason of joy for you. So, where are we today? Where are you? Where are you? Are you giving account of what God has done in your life? Have you, are you sharing the gospel with others? Do you know that the devil knows God's word? He knows it. Do you know that he'll use it to take you away from what you've been called to do? I'll prove it to you. You tell the gospel to some people and they reject it and then they reject it again. And an opportunity comes and the first thing that comes to your mind is, well, I don't have to throw pearls to swine. Right? It's the devil telling you, he's using God's word to tell you, don't waste your time. You told them once or twice, they don't want to hear it. The opportunity is there and, and the devil used God's word to keep you from sharing. Because ultimately, we only see an outward expression of a person. God sees the heart, and when the opportunity is there and He's calling you to do it, it's because the heart is ready to receive it, right? But off come the lie to the very own God, Word of God. I've heard it. You don't throw pearls to swine. And as the Bible says, many youth, and I, they, don't, they don't want it. I'm not just going to give it to them. The Scripture is true. We can't deny what the Scripture says. God says don't waste your time with those that truly reject. But you have to know in your heart that they are going to reject That God will let you know. Because if you're seeking, if you're seeking that God will use you to share with someone, He will let you know yes. it's time to speak to that person that has previously rejected. Yes. See, before I received the Lord and people came to me, my mom and others, I mean, you couldn't have told, right before I got saved, you could not have told that I was ready to be saved. Because my outward expression was still rebellion and pride. But God had dealt with my heart, and he had me ready. And at that time, no one preached to me. I was in a room by myself when I made that confession. But the seed had been planted already. People didn't give up. People didn't stop coming. So, don't allow the devil's lies even when it's with the very own of God to deter you from doing what God has called you That's to right. do. You are called to be an evangelist. It's, this, it's not some high office that's out of reach for you. I am a single father. I have been a single father for 10 years now. I have had help. Mom or Papa, my mom had him early. My mom lived with me and helped. My daughter today helps with, with her husband, Zach. So I have help. When I say I'm a single father, I'm not alone. But I'm still a single dad yeah. with a full-time job. Right? I could say, well, I don't have time. So much. I coach baseball. There's things that I take part of that are, could be the sign to take me away from what God's called me to do if I allow it to. But I refuse to allow it to. I refuse to allow it to. I don't testify because I've been commanded to. I do so because I'm grateful and I love the Lord. That's what compels me. Yes, we have been commanded. But I personally don't do it because I've been commanded. I do it because I love to do it. Because it brings glory to God and it pleases Him. It pleases the Father and the Son. It causes the Spirit in me to rejoice. Which causes me to rejoice. Where are you today? Ask yourself, where are you today? Are you struggling with life? Do you want to overcome life? Then read Revelations 12, 11. Ask God to give you the desire. I have had to do that when the desire hasn't been there. I have prayed for the desire. If I'm lacking the desire, then 
Let me pray for their desire. And as I pray for their desire, pray for the divine appointments. We have to. We have to. There's life in that. Because I'm telling you, when I get, get on those dry spells, I feel like the world. Things just start to bother me that don't usually bother me. I find myself without joy. I have given it up. What causes me the most joy, I'm not doing. Therefore, I have relinquished. I've done it. God didn't take it away from me. God, God wants you to have it. He's giving it to you. The gifts of God are many. Forgiveness and salvation, which equals to eternal life. Something we can never obtain on our own. Never. Obtaining that or receiving that gift follows with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Because truly, I can't fathom what it would be like. It's not possible, but even if I try to contemplate, what would it have been like to be saved but not having the Holy Spirit to overcome life? Then how can I resist the things that I yielded to before? Right. Right? How can I resist temptation without the Holy Spirit? And through the Holy Spirit, I can now have a real, genuine love in my heart for others. Even when I would not have loved them before, I can love them now. Right? Only through God. I can have a real peace. A real peace that tells me I can go to work smiling every day when they're trying to bombard me about Corona and deltas from I don't know what. You know what I tell people? Don't bother me with that. Don't bother me. Without a good friend of mine that knows I'm a Christian, text me the day before yesterday, am I getting the vaccine because of some Delta variant, variant or whatever. I said, um, I said, listen, I've worked through the height of the pandemic every day, trusting in the Lord. I will continue in that manner. If you need to take a vaccine, take care of yourself, but I'm going to trust in the Lord, right? And I'm going to walk out there with joy and peace. I am covered, right? Yes. I am covered. When the pandemic broke, I actually was witnessing to people in drive-thru. As soon as they spoke fear, I spoke life. And they stopped and they listened. See, in the midst of a pandemic, I prayed this. I prayed this. Lord, keep me. Keep me, Lord. But keep me also from bringing anything to anyone. I want to bring life to people. Yeah, do not use me to be, a, do not allow me to be used to be an instrument of death. Right? Yes. right? Because they tell you, you got to do this. Well, if you feel comfortable with you, but you got to do it for me and for them. So I pray that God will make sure that I wouldn't be used as an instrument of death to bring nothing to anyone. And I worked the entire pandemic. I'm blessed to have had that opportunity witnessing to people. Right? Because when they were full of fear, I was full of life to give them. See, they heard me at work. The very same ones that didn't want to hear about Christ at my workplace in the office, they stopped and listened because they were full of fear that they were going to die. But I have eternal life. Revelation says, I want to read it out of here. It says that we overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of our testimony, so much so that we didn't even fear death. Right. right? We don't fear death. That's right. The value we have in this life is in Him. Yeah. In Him and Him alone. And we must give account to people. We must give account. So, read your word. Know the word. But don't feel restricted by what you don't know about the word to testify and bring the gospel to people. And if you're struggling to know the gospel... Then don't wait till you know it to go out and testify. Then tell people about what God has done for you. But tell people about God. Amen. Tell him about the works of Jesus in your life. Amen. Seek it. Want it. Ask God for the desires. And then ask God for the divine opportunities. Amen. And that's what I'm here to share with you guys this morning. I pray that what I have shared with you, if it's from God, he will seal in your heart. Yes. And that he would allow you to Take it and apply it and become effective for God's kingdom. Seek first the things of the kingdom. All the other things that worry you, God will take care of those. Yeah. He will take care of those things. I am His. I belong to Him. I don't have to worry much about me. I don't care what they bring to me. I'm telling you. Coronas and anything else, 
Don't bother me with that. I belong to God. He's got me covered. Right? My job is to keep telling people. And I will keep telling people no matter who tries to stop me. And when they come to tell me I can't worship, I can't preach, I can't say this, I can't say that. What did the apostles say? They got beat down. And they come out of there rejoicing that they got a beating. You understand? We ain't even being beaten. And we, we get silenced because they say we can the apostles took a beating and they told him, we're not going to, we're going to beat you and better go out there and not tell no one else. And they come out of there rejoicing, right. ready to do it all over again. Right. Nothing is going to stop me from testifying. I am not some great evangelist. I'm just a man that loves Christ. And I'm grateful for what he's done and I want to tell people. Amen. And you guys are in the same situation. He saved you, didn't he? Yes. He saved you like he saved me. Regardless of the man I was and the man or woman that you were, he, he offered us the same salvation. I say it all the time. Our path was the same. And our payment right. for the life that we were living right. was the same. No matter how good you thought you might have been and how wicked I know I was, our payment was death in the very pits of hell. Right? In spite of who we were, the different people that we might have been. So... Just want to encourage you today to begin to seek God, to give you a desire and the opportunities to find, you know, people who to share the gospel with. And as you go about your day, as you go about your day, just be on the lookout. Be expectant. I be in expectancy. Go out and look around. Believe me, God will tell you that one right there, you know. My mom goes out and she'll speak to the rocks if she has to. I don't know that I can do that. I, I pray for opportunity. There is those, there is those that go out and, and, and again, they do have the time. They have taken that calling very seriously and they will talk to anyone. It don't matter. You know, they have a great reward in heaven. Yeah. Right? But we have ours also. Yeah. Even if we don't do it as much. Yeah. Even if we do it very little, but we have to be doing it.